Oh, hi ho officer. We've had a doozy of a day. There we were minding our own business. Just doing some chores around the house when kids started killing themselves all over my property. Well, were they psychos? Or... They look like psychos? Is that what they look like? They were vampires. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. So, 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out. The sharks took the rest June the 29th, 1945. Well, what do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. Tonight, we've got Lola Stone, Kate, Chainsaw Pete, and me, Samara. We're going to talk about our, our really favorite obscure slasher movies tonight, but before we do that, I'm going to shamelessly plug my new podcast, because I was told it was okay. <laughs> so my hubby and I decided to make a podcast finally. We've been thinking about doing it for a couple of years, and we finally decided that this is the time, and we... Uh, we like to watch movies. He likes. To, I like to watch movies. He likes to watch films, as how we always say it. Um, so we decided to make a podcast where we each watch a movie we can't believe the other person has never seen. So we call it the Watch Pile because we have a pile, literally, of DVDs in our living room for everybody to pick through and watch. Uh, so we started with our very first episode, and it is now out. You can catch it on uh, iTunes. You can also catch it on Stitcher or your favorite podcatcher. And that's about it. But I hope you guys want to come and hang out and listen to us. Uh, hey, uh, Sonera, what's your first episode on? It is on Legend. Oh, the one with the... The Tim Curry, Tom Cruise joint, yeah. Okay. Uh, my husband had never seen it, and I decided, all right, so if we're going to start, we're going to start with a bang. And uh, the second episode is one that I had never seen, and you guys are probably going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. But we're doing Videodrome for our second episode because I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Oh, you haven't? Okay, so I'm not the only one. Okay. <laughs> is that a Cronenberg? It is a Cronenberg, and I I'm am not, not a huge Cronenberg him. fan. Yeah, I not... wasn't either. Yeah. So until this one, I actually – this got me. I liked this one. Cool. Well – you guys should definitely check her show out. You said it's called The Watch Pile? The Watch Pile, yeah. I will be subscribing today, and I hope all Yay! of our 20 <laughs> listeners will do as well. <laughs> so tonight, hey, that's, ni- that's 19 more than I have, so. <laughs> there you go. Tonight we are talking about my favorite horror genre. That's right, we are talking about slashers. And we are talking about lesser-known slashers that you may have not heard of or seen. And uh, I think that we all have a couple we're going to throw out there and just have a little discussion about. So hopefully you guys will come up with some new movies to add to your watch list. Or you can send us angry messages about how much movies suck that we love. Either way. (laughs) Yeah, don't at me, bro. Come on. Haven't gotten any of those yet, but you never know. I'm not on Twitter as much as I should be, but... Um, you can message angry us on there, mails, and uh, we'll answer you a week later. <laughs> <laughs> when we get to it. 
so who would like to start our wonderful intellectual discussion of stabby movies? <laughs> um, I'll go first. Um, the, m one of my all-time favorite obscure slasher movies is called April Fool's Day. Yes! That's on my <laughs> list, too. <laughs> and it's, it's uh, we were talking about being theater kids earlier, and it, it's, it's, it's right up your alley if you like doing theater because of the, twi the plot twist at the end. But it's also um, just not that good of a movie, but also a good movie <laughs> at the same time. And it doesn't, it's not even like B-movie quality. It's kind of like in the C and D-movie quality <laughs> a little bit there. Um, but I absolutely love it. And I, I love all of the super cheesy special effects that they are cheesy for a reason. Not just cheesy because the movie was low budget. <laughs> they're actually, you know, it's a plot point that they're cheesy. So I don't know. What did you think about it? I love it. Um, it's one of those weird movies I kind of stumbled across as a teenager, and I was totally, like, you know, surprised at the ending. Like, whoa, that's so cool. Like, that's a movie I would have made. Um, it's fun. I mean, I think that all the characters are such stereotypical preppy 80s characters. Like, they all should have been played by Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> and, it like, the main character, what's her name? Like, Muffy? <laughs> Muffy, yeah. And it's just, um, you know, it's a quintessential, classic, cheesy 80s slasher movie that everyone should watch, even if you don't like slasher movies. This sounds a lot like Urban Legend. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's the same cheese level, I will have yes, to give it that. same cheese level. <laughs> Same acting level. Yeah. And this was that movie where, you know, anybody who was walking down the aisles at Blockbuster back in the day, you would walk into the horror section, and this would be the very first movie you'd see in the horror section. Yeah. And it was the picture of the girl with the knife behind her back with her hair braided into a noose. Yeah. And that always, like, caught my eye. And I had never seen the movie. And finally one day I was like, I want that movie because that's just – I liked that styling on that cover. You know, this was back in the day when the cover was what – you had to go on. You couldn't yeah, it, pay attention it, to what it actually said on the box. <laughs> it really has that Jason Takes Manhattan aesthetic where, like, the cover or the poster is, like, way better than the movie itself. Mm-hmm. I actually recognize that poster from the description, but I've never seen April Fool's Day. You should watch See, it. It's so fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you and that's watch the funny it thing. Today. I've, t I've told other people, I'm like, yeah, it's that movie. It's that, that, you know, that movie that has the girl with the braided noose on her? I'm like, well, her hair's braided into a noose. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yep. Everybody yep. recognizes that's it. That's just some good marketing. It mm -hmm. is. Um, 80s uh, covers of movies, I feel like they put a lot more effort into it back then. Movie posters. Oh, yeah. Like, nowadays, it's like every superhero movie poster looks identical. Like, oh, yeah. Well, and I, you could just I miss in the 80s when they were out. actually drawn. Yes, yes. Mm. And they were just so much more artistic, and it, you know, looked like it took more than, like, three minutes to, like, throw it together. Um, and, yeah, like you were saying, like, that was what drew you in is, like, an interesting-looking cover. Like, mm -hmm. I'll come across a movie and – like, I don't know, creepers, like, I came across the other day, and it's, like, a bunch of little monsters, like, carrying this woman's body away, and I'm, like, I recognize that from when I was little, seeing it at the movie theater, or the movie mm -hmm. store, and it's, like, yeah, the, the covers would have to, like, capture your imagination and make you want to rent it, and April Fool's hmm. Day did that really well. 
Speaking of drawn movie posters, Nightmare on Elm Street always had the best, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And also speaking of movie posters, I think I mentioned this last time maybe, but I, I have a video store memory as a kid in the video store with my grandmother, and there was a Return of the Living Dead 3, the woman who was in the Catwoman outfit, and it was a full-size <laughs> cutout of her. And I thought, I want to see that. I was 10. I go, I want to see that movie so bad. So, did it live up to your expectations? <laughs> I don't know if I've actually seen the third one. I've seen the first one. I, it's the return of the living dead, so it's like the different franchise. Um, I don't think I've seen it either. I don't, I don't even think I've seen that poster, but now I want to see the poster and possibly the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only, the poster that I remember, it's, it's that one. It's the return of the living dead. The only reason I remember it is because she's got the her like hands out and she has the claws on her fingers and she's got the needles and the nails and the glass and shit sticking out of her face and oh. <laughs> same thing. I was always like, That is such a cool poster. You know, like, oh why is she they... in a catwoman suit? Well, because that's exactly what it looks like. Like the claws that she has looks like the catwoman claws oh, from okay. uh, I thought Batman you meant Returns. A literal and... catwoman suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Batman Returns Catwoman. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I, I picked up a true put down. <laughs> I'm thinking right. of a movie cover, and I, I'm I'm actually Googling to try and find it, and I can't. And it's, Describe it to us. It's a classic movie. It's like a classic horror movie, and it's like a black and white silhouette of a woman's face with, like, wide staring eyes. And I just can't think of what movie is it, it is. Like, uh, The Innocence, or... Eyes without a face. <laughs> it might be eyes without a face. Let me look. Is, is it that... the is it the eyes of Laura Mars? No, it's um. <laughs> it'll come to me. Just this is great. We'll, podcasting we'll circle really back is. around to it. it. Really <laughs> okay, I'm gonna throw out the next movie. So okay. this one, this one is I believe it's the first movie of George Clooney, and it also has um Marsha from the Brady Bunch. It is Return to Horror High. <laughs> oh my god, I love that movie! Me too. Oh. And I love the fact that it's not a sequel. But nope. <laughs> when you start it, you're like, is this, you know, is this a sequel to a movie? Because they're kind of acting like, you know, something's already what happened. And they're yeah. responding to it. But I thought it was so flippin' or fucking, you know, creative and... It was really kind of ahead of its time because it was kind of weirdly meta, you know, hmm. and um, it's just so much fun. It's just so much fun. It's like definitely up there with as one of my favorite 80s horror movies, like of all genres. My very favorite horror movie podcast besides our horror movie podcast. Um, <laughs> and that's yours. The and, and mine now. Um, they uh, That's their theme song for their... Um, their closer. So the the song that plays at the end of their at the credits for that movie is called I Love Them Scary Movies. <laughs> and <laughs> it is I had no for, for like the first like 30 episodes of this podcast I was like I love this song. What is this from? And I finally googled it and watched the movie and I was like, "Oh my god. This is such a good movie." And that's the, and it was all about that song that it hooked me, but it's just and it's it's so funny because um it What's her face? Marsha Brady? She's, like, eating the whole movie. I know. It's so <laughs> weird. She's, like, making yeah. out body parts, like, chewing on, like, a hamburger. It's very yeah. weird. Like, every scene 
see her and she comes in and she's like got a donut, she's got a hamburger, she's got it's like everything. She's always eating like every scene and I'm like, "What is that about?" It, yeah, it's just this weird little uh, it's a weird little like visual <coughs> joke sort of, yeah. but also it had one of the classic great movie covers, like the cheerleader that's a skeleton and Yep. You see that, you're like, okay, I immediately want to watch this movie. But first we got to find what it's a sequel to. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I can't even tell you how long it took me to be like, oh, this isn't a sequel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I just well, because that when I was a teenager. So, you know, I just was like, okay, I'm just, we would just watch like every movie like in a row from the video store. Mm-hmm. We watched Same a thing. lot of crappy movies, but that was one of them. And it stuck out in my brain ever since then. Chainsaw? Uh, well, I was going to say Return is such a common uh, sequel title, mm-hmm. subtitle. I know. So it, it's, it's totally reasonable where the, you f- spend the first ten minutes, if you haven't seen the first one, you go, all right, wh- got to catch up. Where's where's the catch up? Where's the ten minute? Like in Friday the, movies, <laughs> they would they, they give you a... On <laughs> oh yeah, all these all these stupid movies. They would give you a, a ten minute recap to pad their running time. So you go, okay, I know. well, I hate that. where are they catching me up? Um, also, uh, I almost watched Cheerleader High for this, and that also has a skeleton cheerleader on the cover. Cheerleader High, or not? Cheer, not that. sorry, not cheer. I, I messed up the title. Cheerleader Camp. Oh, oh, Cheerleader Camp. Okay, I've seen yeah. the, I've seen the cover somewhere, but I've never seen the movie. I think I maybe tried to watch it, and it was like, like absurdly low budget. There's one called Cheerleader Ninjas that is also <laughs> absurdly low budget. <laughs> I don't remember. It might have been like Cheerleader Camp Massacre or something. I don't know. I I think Cheerleader Camp was fun. I think it. I I remember it having good music. And being pretty fun, and be and having I don't I don't remember if the kills were any good, but I remember it was a it was a camp, a legitimate like high schoolers were going to this camp to learn how to do the. It was actually acknowledged the um, the craftsmanship of cheerleading, mm-hmm. like the athleticism of it. Hmm. And uh, I think it was, uh, I I'm a, I mean I plan to watch it again, so I liked it that much at least. I'll have to find that then. Um, what was I gonna say? I don't remember. All right. <laughs> Kate, would you like to throw one out there that is not 80s crap? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so the genre that I went to, because I um, am a terrible millennial and I tend to watch newer films. And so my picks for my favorite like obscure slasher films are two British horror comedy films that are two of my favorite movies of all time. Um, the first one's called The Cottage, and it's directed by Paul Andrew Williams, and it stars Andy Serkis and Reese Shearsmith, and it's about two brothers who are, they, like, one of them's a career criminal, one isn't, they kidnap the, like, the daughter of this crime boss, and they just fuck it up so bad, (laughs) they're just not good at it, but then, like, the remote cottage they've taken her to, it turns out that next door is, like, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre Leatherface-type serial killer, and, like, it's such a funny movie, and it's really gory and fucked up, and I like, it's one of those movies where people react realistically, like, in the way that you feel like you might, um, Mm -hmm. 
and it is it's really funny and it's really dark and it's just it's just a good time and uh there's a scene with moths that i can't even explain <laughs> how fun i can hear you laughing because i recommended this movie to you i just watched and it the, the scene with the moths it just cracks me up every time mm-hmm. it was a I, I like that it was like kind of um it's kind of like i don't know from dusk till dawn like it starts out one kind of movie but then it segues rapidly into a totally different kind of movie you're not expecting. Exactly. Mm. And when, like, the super, like, crazy violence started, I was, like, I, like, stood up and I was, like, whoa, you know, <laughs> like, like, this is fun, but I did not expect that. <laughs> yeah, it gets gory. Like, spines are really ripped gory. out and stuff. and Yeah, it gets out of control, but it was also so funny. Yeah, it was great. I think Reese Shearsmith doesn't get enough credit as an actor. He's... I mean, well, he gets enough credit from Ben Wheatley because Ben Wheatley loves to use him in his movies, but... Was he in Sightseers? Yeah. Oh, Oh, no. I I don't think he was in Sightseers. He was in A Field in England. I haven't seen that one. It's, uh, if you want to watch a movie about the English Civil War while (laughs) also being on mushrooms, it's a good movie to watch. (laughs) Okay, well, I will wait till I'm in that mood. I was gonna say that's very oddly specific. Okay, it is. it's one of the like it's one of those movies where I genuinely it's difficult to describe because it's not like other. Fil- but I feel like a lot of Ben Wheatley films are like that. Like Kill yeah. List is another one that, and it's also one of my favorite movies. That much like The Cottage and From Dust Till Dawn starts out one way and takes such a hard left turn that you're like, what just happened to me? Where are you taking yeah. me? But it's so good, and you're glad that you got there. Um, I started that one, and I have never finished it, but I had the ending spoiled for me, and now I don't want to watch it. It's it's still worth I would say it's still worth it. It has some of the most realistic violence I've ever seen. In it. Like, like, violence that looks so... It, there's a scene with a hammer that looks so realistic that I still have trouble directly looking at it, because I feel like I'm watching a snuff film. Mm. So that's a ringing endorsement. <laughs> my like that's just that sounded really creepy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well. I like re- well. I don't like. I appreciate when a, a horror film can make violence look so realistic. Like for me, um, probably Bone Tomahawk, Green Room, and Kill List are the ones that immediately come to mind when I think of like hyper realistic gore. Green Room was uncomfortable to watch because it was so realistic. I'm like, I'm literally watching people get murdered. <laughs> yep. It was really good, though. And I really miss Anton Yelchin. Yeah. Mm, I know. So He's such a good actor. Ugh. We were talking earlier about, because it's my birthday today, actually. Um, happy, happy birthday! birthday. Happy birthday! Last year of your 20s. Yeah, I'm <laughs> old. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. You say to like three people that are all older than you. Are. <laughs> I'm old now too. No. Um, okay. Okay. But the the thing with my age is that when Anton Yelchin died, he's exactly the same age as me, oh. and it was so like I don't normally like when celebrities die. It's sad when anybody dies, but I don't take it personally. But I took Anton Yelchin's death a little bit personally because he was exactly the same age as me. And luckily, I've lived um, a a very lucky life that I've not had anyone around me my age die. Um, So it was really 
it was hard for me when he died because he was my age and I was like oh fuck I'm mortal <laughs> yeah and it was such a like fucked up way to die too such a freak accident mm-hmm. mm. and you know what's funny is that the part of like the, the, the thing on his jeep that was broken um, <clears throat> that caused it to roll and pin him against the pillar thing is actually my, my one of my best friends is actually going through the exact same thing with the jeep that she just got and it literally like rolled her into traffic and she got t-boned oh my god so it, this is like a known issue with jeeps and she's been basically fighting with jeep this is not like an anti-jeep thing i swear because i actually love them but <laughs> she's been like fighting with them to get her freaking car back for over six months because of this one thing that is and I'm crazy like, I, I know and i keep telling her i'm like it's because of anton oh <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's it, and that was such a freak accident and it's just and it, i mean one thing you'll you'll hear all the time is me, me you know yapping on about star trek speaking of the freaking green room um to loop us back <laughs> i've been dying to see the green room because of Anton Yelchin and because of um, Patrick Stewart uh-huh. but I just haven't gotten around to it yet but now that I'm hearing you guys talk about it I might just you know oh, hijack bro, the TV it's this so weekend good. and watch it it's, <laughs> it's so, so good. intense you'll just be like gripping your like couch arms like for two hours <laughs> but yeah it's really good and random segue regarding Anton have you guys seen Thoroughbreds? yes, yes. Did, you, been, did you love again, it? again dying to see that one it's it's one of those movies where um like you can tell that it was a play originally but i don't always think that that's necessarily a bad thing Mm -hmm. um and i i i really liked it because i i again unsurprisingly i love a good dark comedy (laughs) oh yeah and uh Um, it was like it it to me it felt like maybe how the bling ring should have been you know, if you want to take yeah. down like superficial teenage culture, then uh, they did a much better job of it. It was I, interesting. Uh, saw people, I saw people mentioning that as being a horror film. I was like, no, it's not scary. And it's really more of just like a, I don't know, dramedy. But it's more of a dark comedy for sure. But the main characters were all so good. You know, Anya Taylor-Joy, Olivia Cook, and Anton Yelchin. Like, their acting really elevated that movie from, like, decent to, like, really good, in my opinion. It's one of my peeves that people call any movie with, like, any violence in it a horror movie. Yeah. Like... I saw it listed on, like, a list of, like, this year's horror movies. I'm like, are you crazy? (laughs) Have you seen it? They're just not as uh, like, not as desensitized as we are. No. That's true. And That's I mean, true. back back in the day, you used to have you know you had your thrillers, you had your dramas, you had your horror movies, you had your you know there was all these different categories. And now there's a lot of things that we as people who watch horror movies all the time would never lump into the genre category of horror that because it's you know it's a th- like there's even movies about serial killers that I'm like. Mm, still not a horror movie right you know so it's like it's it, unfortunately the horror genre is a dumping ground for things that can't be categorized and it's it's good and bad yeah because like things like we get things like get out because of that mm-hmm. you know we have every right to claim hereditary and get out as true horror movies well even they are there are a million other people that are like <laughs> well 
I'm like, no, you're just saying that because you don't want it to be a horror movie because you don't like horror movies and you like those movies. Right, so. yeah, definitely. <laughs> I understand that. So would Samara or Chainsaw, would you like to throw out a movie? I watched Carnival of Blood from 1973. <laughs> oh, so good. How was it? You've seen Carnival of Blood? Nope. <laughs> I think I caught it on... Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of Carnival of Souls. <laughs> Same movie. Oh, that's much, another right? one that I was thinking about talking about. <laughs> well, apparently there's two Carnival of Bloods. One was 1973 and the other was um, some other time. I think later. <laughs> but... <laughs> There's and no totally to different. <laughs> and they're totally different, but the one I watched, it's it was on an old DVD that I found when I was looking for another movie. And um it was by a DVD company named Something Weird Vi- Video. <laughs> and the quality of the DVD, like the DVD was good quality, but the print that they used, I think it was an old VHS and it's so bad. And I even looked it up, and it doesn't. It has an IMDb, IMDb page, but not a Wikipedia page, and I think it's mostly unavailable. I also don't know if Something Weird Video is actually like a legit company or just a Blue Underground ripoff <laughs> or Anchor Bay ripoff, like Fly By Night. Like we're gonna put out this video and try to trick people into thinking that it's a good, we're a good video production company, yeah. but. Um, so it's this guy who's obsessed with the teddy bears that he gives away at his balloon dart throwing carnival <laughs> show, and then and it's one of these movies where they it, it's 1973, but it feels very 1980s in terms of there's like a thousand red herrings of is it this guy is it this other guy who's the killer who's the killer, and the main characters are this woman and her fiance who is a DA he recently got promoted. And they live in this little um, New Jersey. Oh, it's New Jersey. So they live in a little New Jersey townhouse. And the neighbor is the guy who works at Coney Island. And um, it's like weird, bad, like super low budget, bad kills. But it has this weird folk song soundtrack to it. (laughs) And it's like, but one scene, like the happy scenes are like folk songs, but then the, like, the kill scenes are like weird acid rock and there's a weird fortune teller and she'll she'll read people's fortunes and then but if it's a woman if if she's reading the the palm of a woman who's about to get killed she freaks out and says leave leave go away and uh then the D, so the DA fiance starts investigating the murders and um uh it it's uh, it was I don't know it it was a fascinating Weird, strange movie. Would you recommend it? Carnival. Um, the I like the music. <laughs> I, I I really appreciated. I appreciated the music in it, so I I would recommend Carnival of Blood. If it's, I don't even know if it's available because the DVD that I watched it from, I I'm pretty sure I bought ten years ago, when I was just collecting as many cheap DVDs of horror movies as I could find. Mm-hmm. I I think Carnival of Souls is a better is a better entry. Mm -hmm. Okay, I haven't seen that one, but I know that it's like a classic. It's 
it's it's super creepy. I wasn't even sure that Carnival of Souls would be considered obscure, except um, I don't know anyone who's seen it, and I remember, um, and this was ten years ago, but in college I I let my one of my English teachers borrow it because she was a movie person, and she ended up uh, starting the film minors program there. And I said, here, here's a cool horror movie. And and she watched it. And she gave it back to me. It's from 1960. Yeah. And she gave it back to me, and she goes, "This movie was so creepy." <laughs> like, how, <laughs> she goes, "I'm pissed at you. You gave me this movie. I was creeped out." <laughs> um, that was the point. <laughs> and uh, apparently, it was by it was directed by Herc Harvey, and it was his only movie he ever directed. It's it's super low budget. So 1960. I don't know what what low budget would be, but um, <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, if if you look at it compared to Psycho, and then you look at like Psycho was nineteen sixty, and if you look at Carnival of Souls, you can tell it's low budget with the camera work and the, some of the um, like just the the way that the camera moves, you can tell. Um, yeah, but um, the uh, 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 this woman gets into it; she's in a drag race with these other guys, and she drives over a wooden bridge, and ends up going off the wooden bridge into the water. They drag the leg. They can't find the car or the people, and then all of a sudden she emerges as a lone survivor, sole survivor, and um, and then she starts seeing images of... She starts seeing ghostly images, of, but the images are super creepy. Mm-hmm. And, and she's a, a church pianist, and so the whole movie has this weird, scary organ score to it. And so it has this total... <laughs> it has this total, like, Roger Corman, 60s, black-and-white, creepy B-movie uh, feel to it. And I think it's great. Yeah, that sounds good. You had me at organ music. I think it was... <clears throat> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently... Um, I'm also surprised people haven't heard of it because I think it was it was remade in the mid '90s, mm-hmm. and I don't think Wes Craven directed it, but it has the title of presented by Wes Craven. Yeah, kind of like they. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm at, at least surprised that people don't. Uh, if I if I ever tell them about it, that they don't go, "Oh yeah, I've seen that on the video store shelves," and then, but oh no. Not that one, the other one. It's kind of older, so, it's, so that's probably why these mm. young youngins don't know their old movies. <laughs> <laughs> We're all ancient in our 30s. Yes, us old people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got a couple. I've got, like, so many more movies, but speaking of soundtracks, I watched this movie the other night, and it had the worst soundtrack of a horror movie I've ever seen. It was like this annoying, it's called Slaughter High, (laughs) and it has this annoying synth music throughout the movie that is not scary at all. It's just like, it's just like, you know, it's just like the whole (laughs) movie, and it's like, it never stops, and it kind of like, the movie's fun. It's just basically the most stereotypical 80s slasher movie. It's like these cool kids that all look like they're 40 are teenagers and they do this prank to this nerdy kid and it causes him to get really injured so like 10 years later they get invited to a reunion 
at the old school, which is all closed down, but they're like, this seems normal, so they, like, break in. <laughs> they break in. Like you do. Yeah, they break in. They're like, okay, I guess there's a reunion. We just have to break in to get to it, even though this building is closed and covered in dust. And, you know, of course, he has set up this reunion for just these bad people and, you know, starts picking them off one by one. And it was pretty unique. And he wears this, like, really creepy-looking, like, jester mask. Ooh. It's like their school mascot. And um, it's a really creepy mask. And I saw this movie when I was, like, 15 and just, like, you know, tracked it down again. And it was, like, a lot better than I was expecting. And, uh, yeah, I would recommend it, but it's just, like, the soundtrack is, like, oppressively bad. Like, it pissed me off the whole movie. I'm like, please, just stop the music. Like, this would be better if there was just no music at all. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that somebody made a movie about how creepy school mascots are. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and as much as I love synth music, that really does sound like a complete mood ruiner. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's like, I can't even explain what that music would be well used for but not this <laughs> um so like speaking of music somebody um okay so my partner's brother told me that he didn't enjoy the witch because he didn't think the set like the music and the sound was very good and i was like what? whoa you're just the most wrong that a human <laughs> and michael if you're listening to this i love you but you are incorrect you're the wrongest person that ever wronged. <laughs> you are you are so wrong. That is crazy because it's like period appropriate music on period accurate instruments. And it's creepy as fuck. Yes, like, it's so creepy. What, the music like makes the atmosphere. When it builds to a crescendo when they're leaving the settlement, that's when I yeah. knew I was like, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to love this movie." So, it's it's yeah. so weird when somebody finds something that you enjoyed so much to be like movie ruining mm -hmm. hmm. I know it's 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 <clears throat> sad when there's that wrong yeah <laughs> well that's like um my husband wanted to go see the new Wreck-It Ralph movie and he had never seen the first one so I was like okay let's watch the first one I've seen it I love it we got through halfway through the movie and I look over and he's on his phone on Twitter on on YouTube watching videos and I'm like all right, whatever. He does it all the time. No big deal. We get to the end of the movie, and I was like, so what'd you think? He's like, oh my god, that was horrible. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but he doesn't like um, things like Ready Player One, things like Wreck-It Ralph, things that have a lot of pop culture references just thrown on the screen. To him, he doesn't mind Easter eggs. That's fine. But when it's literally like pop culture vomit, he does. that's not what he, he doesn't like that. And he's so like, it's just being forced down his throat. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I like, I feel like a lot of people are like that with certain types of slashers, too, because there are tr so many tropes in slashers that, you know, you're sitting there, like, literally, we were, when you talk about Scream and they talk about the rules of slasher movies, you get to the point where you're unconsciously like, okay, she's going to trip in the woods. Okay, she's going to lose her shoe. Okay, the car is not going to start. Like, and stuff like that eventually just wears thin. Yeah. Like, we think it's great. For a lot of other people, it just, it's, they're like, all right, fine, whatever. You know, they can literally count the beats 
mm-hmm. of the script as to what's going to happen when. You know, like the ethnic person who, whatever ethnicity they are, they're going to die in this scene because they're the only one in that room. The girl with the big tits that are ha- that's hanging out of her sliced up shirt, she's going to die because she just screwed so and so in the closet. You yeah. know, it's like they in. But I agree. Like there are some movies, like we are saying with The Witch, but there are some movies that we just sit there and you go, the tiniest little thing, and you're saying that that is why you don't like this. Is it just beca- like why? <laughs> like, right. Like you don't like it because her eyes are blue. Like. You <laughs> <don't get this. laughs> or is this a movie that you love so intensely, and when someone doesn't like it, you just can't even comprehend their opinion? Like my brother yeah. texted me after watching Hereditary. It was like, that was the dumbest movie ever. Ugh. Your brother's stupid like, and wrong. You're the wrongest. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to slashers. <laughs> um, speaking of tropes, um, can I uh, can I chat about Final Girls for a second? Yes, I can love it so much. Can we talk about an entire episode about Final Girls and never stop talking about it? And make a yes. single starring all of us? <laughs> I, uh, when we were talking about what movies to do for this, cause I love a good genre deconstruction. I'm all about the meta. I'm all about that scream, cabin in the woods type deal. Um, Me too. But uh, interestingly, uh, apparently, The Final Girls is not a movie that a lot of people have seen, which is wrong and we should remedy that quickly it's a 2015 movie um and uh it's fucking great and basically the the plot is that a group of teenagers accidentally get transported into a shitty 80s horror movie called camp bloodbath um (laughs) and one of them is like a huge fan of this movie so he's not only loving the tropes but like everything that happens like he imitates the of the serial killer and like it's it's such a good movie because it deconstructs the tropes but it also kind of like it leans on those tropes and it uses them in funny ways like there's the black and white flashback and they use that when they're like trying to escape from the killer they're like quick start telling the story again start telling the story again and the flashback starts um and uh like when the letters come up like summer 1984 or whatever they trip over them it's just it's a great look at why we love cheesy shitty 80s horror movies and at how formulaic slashers are but how Mm -hmm. and i i the reason i like genre deconstructions is that they tend to really love the genre that they're in like scream is a movie that loves horror movies so it's not mm-hmm. it's not just a satire it's not just a takedown of the genre it's also a good example of it like scream is a scary movie and yeah. um the final girls has some definitely scary moments and some funny moments and some unexpected moments and, and some like emotionally hurting moments like yeah there's some raw moments in yeah. the movie like when she when um it, it's Tysa Farmiga I think yeah yeah when she's sitting when she's sitting next to her mother who's the lead actress in the Camp Bloodbath film she it, it's just she can't tell her that she's the mom that she's her mom and she has to kind of convince her you know you're gonna be a great mom I think you would be an amazing mom and I think you would do all these things with your kid. And just relaying what um, happened with her as a kid, with this person as her mother. And it's the end of that scene. You're just kind of like, oh, I know. 
at the very end when she starts dancing to Betty Davis eyes. Oh yeah. It's like in no other movie is somebody like taking their shirt off dancing to that song and it's like emotional. <laughs> I know. And then she like ki- blows a kiss back and you're just like <laughs> the the very ending of that movie when in the, in the hospital and they look around and realize that they're still in the 80s mm-hmm. oh my god it got me so pumped for a fucking sequel because right it was almost like an homage to halloween 2 that's you know immediately after halloween events now they're at the hospital um and i desperately want a final girl sequel we should like do a petition <laughs> absolutely we should we're gonna write to them and we're gonna be like make the sequel please <laughs> it's, I know. it's not like any of the people in the movie are that busy maybe thomas middleditch but like the last okay i finally saw the nun what the fuck is Tysa farmiga doing she's a good actress and also if i hadn't known that that was like part of the conjuring universe I would have been like, why are these good actors in this dog shit movie? <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. It was just so stupid. I'm sorry. I won't go on about it. This is not what this episode's about. But I was just, I was like offended at how bad it was. I It looked bad. Um, it's weird until very recently. I thought that Tysa Farmiga was Vera Farmiga's daughter. But right? there's sisters such that are twice apart. <laughs> Yep. She's just one of those people, like Ezra Miller, who's just going to look about 14 for the rest of time. I know. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you my very nerdy favorite part of Final Girl? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so for those of you that are listening that haven't seen it, in the very beginning they're in, you know, present time, and Tysa Farmiga's mom is Malin Ackerman, and she is a, she was like a, it's kind of weird because she doesn't look old enough but she's supposedly like was like a big popular actress in the 80s and did some like a whole bunch of b-horror movies and when Tysa Farmiga like looks at her resume there's like a list of movies and I paused it and all of the movies are fake except Chopping Mall. I was gonna say isn't Chopping Mall on that list? (laughs) Which is like my favorite 80s b-horror movie and I was so excited when I saw that because I was like of course like oh, what are these movies? I'm going to go look them up and watch them. But they were all fake. Except that one for some very weird reason. <laughs> it's probably the, uh, there's probably, you know, the director, it's the director's favorite movie or something stupid like that. Yeah, um, probably. But my, I absolutely adored in this, in Final Girls when the girl who's, you know, the, the slutty character, mm-hmm. <laughs> when she takes all the Adderall. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> And they have her in oven mitts that are duct taped to her to her hands, uh, you know, an orange floaty vest, and she's trying to like get it off. She's like, "I got this, I got this, I'm good, I got this." Because <laughs> she's trying to strip, but as soon as she strips, it attracts the killer. <laughs> the killer. It's so funny. And then finally, they're like, "Okay, okay, it's time for you to strip." And she does this like frenetic, insane strip tease, all hyped up on Adderall. It's so funny. Oh, every once in a while, I'll just say to, like, somebody I know who's seen this movie, I'll just look at them and go, I got this. <laughs> that actress, I, I haven't seen her in anything else, but she was so funny. She's been in she other in stuff. So- yeah, she was in something recently that I was like, oh, my God, that's her? No way. 
Hang on, I'm going to IMDb her really quick because she, it was one of those. She so perfectly looked like she was from the 80s, and I think that's part of why she was so good in it. Hmm. And, yeah, she uh, one of the things that she had was, this is going to sound weird, but there's 70s thin, 80s thin, and 90s thin, and she, she was definitely 80s thin. Okay, so she has been in, her name is Angela Trimber, and she was in Trash Fire, and oh. Major Laser, and Halloween 2, and The Kings of Summer. Uh, the shitty Rob Zombie one? Uh, yeah. Ugh. Let's pretend that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? She was on two episodes of The Good Place, that's where I saw her. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh my god. This is scintillating entertainment. <laughs> Listen to us while we Google things. Speaking of Googling things, I finally fucking figured out what poster I was thinking of. It's, what was it? It's, hey, the poster for, uh, it's the poster for Black Sunday. Oh. Oh. I don't know that. Yeah, it's like black and white and orange, and it's like a woman staring, and her hair is like flowing, and it's, it's drawn. It's not a picture. And, uh... Yeah, I don't know why it just came to mind. I don't. I haven't seen Black Sunday. I don't know why I know the poster, but I can like picture that in my head too. Yeah, now that you've described it. Yeah, it's it's 1960, and it's um Mario Bava. Um, it's one of the oh, like okay. Italian Gothic yeah. Gaio films, and it's yeah. it's also known as The Mask of Satan and Revenge of the Vampire. Okay, yeah, that sounds familiar. So Chainsaw Pete, what's up over there? What do you got? Oh, I was just thinking of, I think Chud was one of the VHS covers that I remember <laughs> as a <too>. kid. <laughs> and I think there was one called Head of the Family, where there was like an infant that was the leader of a killer family. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't re recognize that one. I'll have to look it up. I n I never saw it, but uh I watched a movie called um <laughs> Um Ice Cream Man with Clint Howard. And I I think I would call that a, a slasher movie. He is a, a slasher killer. He uh, it's a nineteen it came out in I think nineteen ninety two or ninety three and it the whole movie, it's shot with a very weird glow, glowing effect. And it's sort of imitating this 1950s idyllic suburban neighborhood where the ice cream man comes around and all the kids are really happy. It's the ice cream man. They run up and they see him. Except whenever they cut to him scooping ice cream, he's scooping ice cream from tubs of ice cream with cockroaches and body parts inside it. Mm. And... Yeah, and he lives apparently. He his landlord, his landlady is a um, is his former nurse from the insane asylum where they shot him. Weird. <laughs> yeah, they'll do these flashbacks where they show him like in a like what looks like a dentist chair, but it's like an operating table kind of thing. And there's this surgeon who says, "There's no sad days at Happy Days Valley Insane Asylum. Only happy days." And then he shoots his head full of drugs. <laughs> That'll do it. And, um, yeah. And I forget the first, like, I, like from the get-go, like, he's a crazy, he's a, he's a madman who kills people. But I don't know, um, 
like exactly I, I forget in the in the movie what was his first like kill mm-hmm. didn't you just watch it like yesterday but I, <laughs> yeah and I've seen it multiple times before that it used to come on basic cable all the time um yeah he but he's he's nuts he kills people and um but like yeah from the get go he's he's crazy and a killer and somehow people come to suspect oh the ice cream man might be doing bad things and then they do they really like hit hard on the trope of the kids know something but the adults don't want to listen to them yeah i hate that it's it, it, it's a really strange movie. I, I did look it up on Wikipedia. They call it a horror comedy, but like it's one of these weird movies where you look at it and you go, I don't know. Like, it's kind of, in, you can kind of believe that it was intentionally ham, like tongue-in-cheek, but it, there's other parts of it where it looks like it's just really bad. And it, um, I think the director of it was one of these instances of a porn director <laughs> makes makes a low budget somehow finds himself in the position to direct a low budget horror movie and it's the only mainstream movie he's ever made but Clint Howard is great in it and um i i, I just, it's a, it's very fascinating it remind it always reminds me whenever i watch it it reminds me of the dentist with Corbin Burnson yeah that's been on my list for a while i haven't seen it though they're great. I, I recommend both of them. It's kind of like, in my mind, the dentist is tied into Dr. Giggles. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Giggles. Which I watched I also, and it does not stand the test of time. <laughs> it, it, I agree. It, <laughs> it doesn't. It's pretty bad. It scared me when I was a little kid, but it's not a good movie. No. Unfortunately not, because I want it to be a good movie. I wanted to hold. I wanted to stand the test of time. I wanted. It's got such a great name. It has a great name and a great. Well, speaking of cover art, I think the cover art's kind of kind of nice it's for catchy. it. Yeah, I want that movie to be fun, <laughs> especially with the weird giggling, because it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's built into the title and that. Whenever there's a scared character, there'll be weird giggling in the background. Where's that coming from? Yes, G- giggling when you're in a scary circumstance is double scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it works so well at haunted houses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ladies, do you have any more slashers to throw out there? I have one more, um, and it, it, it's to me it's a slasher just because people are getting picked off left and right, and you're not exactly sure what's happening. Mm. But one of my very first horror movies I ever watched was Popcorn. Oh, that <laughs> that cover art was like so to me, Ama- like caught my eye when I was a little kid, yeah. and I always wanted to watch that movie. Because it had the green, yeah, yeah. It's like the green background with the skull, and then like the the half mask of her face being taken off. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the premise of the movie is totally a movie that, like we had said earlier, somebody had said earlier. Oh, that's like an in- that's a movie that I would have made. This is totally a movie I would have made. Like the kids deciding that they're going to have a horror movie marathon to save the movie theater and they go into the movie theater and one by one they get picked off by some supernatural force. You know, <laughs> it's like and it's like it's a really um like it's a graduated episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark to me. Yes. <laughs> like, totally. 
and it was just like I think I caught it on like HBO or something like that back in the day and I was like oh my god and it was one of those things where it was a movie that kept like for some reason was on repeat so I think I watched it like five times in one week and then like last year I randomly ran into the DVD somewhere and I was like oh my god and everybody was like what is your problem I'm like but it's popcorn they're like and I'm like oh never mind <laughs> you don't get it <laughs> that is so funny that was one of those movies that I you know was totally entranced by the cover art as a kid and I finally watched it like a year ago and was like mm, kind of you know not super excited about it I guess the cover art kind of got me having higher expectations than I should have had. oh yeah oh no it, it's it's it, it's badly filmed it's it's not that great of a plot and uh, but if you're looking at it through the lens of a early tales from the crypt or a late are you afraid of the dark <laughs> you know it, it's kind of like in between that area and i think that's also why i liked it too because it did come out in the time frame where i stayed up to watch are you afraid of the dark and i stayed up to make sure that i watched tales from the crypt every saturday night at midnight mm -hmm. you know it was like i i that was that time frame of my childhood is when that came out. So I think that was also the reason why, to me, it was, oh, my God, this is awesome. Like, even to the point where the, per the, the actual killer was, like, an old guy in a trench coat and a fedora. <laughs> Which is, like, the creepy old guy from Are You Afraid of the Dark, basically. Right, yeah. <laughs> so. It really does feel like Are You Afraid of the Dark, now that you say that. Um, yeah. I could see it just being, like, a movie, like, branch off from that show. Yeah. And, uh, like, I, recently they just started selling all of the episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, like, in full DVD packs. I saw that. Like they the, were nine ninety nine on Voodoo yeah. for all of them. Yeah. So I was kind of like, I kind of want to go watch all of them now and see why this movie reminds me of that so much. And is it literally one or the other took the story from the other person? Like, where did this story come from? Because yeah. it is, and it could just be, I, I mean, I'd have to, I haven't really looked up exactly where it came from. Um, oh, no, it says it's a U.S. movie on IMDb, but it, it has the, oh, look, filming location in Canada. I was going to say, it has that very Canadian fuzzy film to it. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, the film quality is not good. <laughs> no, not at all. What are you talking about, eh? <laughs> yeah, eh? Um... Popcorn movie, your description reminded me of, there's a movie called Midnight Movie with Danielle Harris. That sounds familiar. She's, uh, I forget her exact, what her role was. She she plays a 20-year-old despite the fact that back when this movie was made, she was mid-30s because she's what? very young looking. movie? <laughs> I think it's like 05, maybe 08. But she's thir mid thirties. Well, you said back when the movie was made. Uh, whatever it was, she was definitely playing a, a much younger. Like she was doing the eighties thing, where she looks or she she's much older than she plays. Except she's actually believable because if you think about it, she was in uh, she she was uh, I don't know ten back in Halloween four. Oh. But um. I know she's so much older than she looks. Yeah, she looks like she's like and, 35. Yeah. Which is my age basically. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was like 6 or 7 in Halloween, so the fact that she was 10, that's just kind of Talk about good genes. Yeah, she's like a modern yeah. queen. 
Oh, yeah. Well, total good genes and probably not smoking, probably not and avoiding the How sun. Dare you? And. <laughs> and and good jeans she was in a movie called midnight movie and it's a dry it's um it's a it's a movie theater based horror movie that i just stumbled upon when i was collecting movies from some video store that was going to that business and um and it has like this surreal element kind of like last action hero with arnold schwarzenegger where you see the movie and then you're in the movie all of a sudden. And I didn't I didn't watch it for today, so it's been a while since I've seen it. I forget exactly the the details of it, but I remember I do remember thinking it was an interesting movie and that one I would recommend. I'm putting it on my list right now. I do like Daniel Harris. She seems cool. She's and she was in another movie, not Midnight Movie, where um where she she might have been the killer. We don't know, right off the bat. I don't want to do any spoilers if she well, was you didn't or wasn't. Say but the movie it's name. it's. <laughs> She's in so many random horror movies. She just always pops up. I'm like, oh, you're in this movie too. Well, yeah. I mean, like we said, she's she's a modern scream queen, and part of the I mean, horror right now is something that sells, and you can get an easy part in a horror movie. You know, pretty much everybody's making a horror movie currently. But it's also one of those things where she did all of the Hatchet movies, and she was great mm-hmm. in them. Yeah. You know, and she's known for being in Halloween. She's known for being, you know, starting off in, you know, horror the horror genre anyway. So she's kind of already in that, like, Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, area of the world, Scream Cream-wise. But it's also... She's got a good scream. Yeah. <laughs> you know? She's a, she's a... She's a I'm not going to say she's a great actress. She's she's a very good actress, but she's not, you know, she's not amazing. But she pulls off everything that you give to her, you know, and she's not, you know, there's definitely been some things where I'm like, oh, honey, you're you're trying. <laughs> but I think that that could be also more of the content of what she was in versus, you know, because you watch some of the Hatchet movies, and I love Adam Green, but definitely some of his writing is not <laughs> that good. And, yeah. and, you know, even Tony Todd can't dig himself out of some of that, so... <laughs> Or uh, I watched re- I watched recently for some reason that I do not recommend. Uh, See no evil two. Have you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't as good as See no evil one. With <laughs> I never saw the first one, but I saw the second okay. one, and Daniel Harris is in it. Mm-hmm. And so is um, what's her name? The hot chick from Ginger Snaps. Uh, Catherine Isabel. That narrows it down. Yes, I was going to say, that narrows it down. They were both kind of hot. Catherine Isabel. She's also in it. And it's a really bad movie. Um, it takes place in like a like a mortuary area of a hospital. And there's this like killer that's dead. And then like Catherine Isabel and her boyfriend are like having sex next to the dead body. Obviously. Nice. And then of course he just comes back from the dead. And he's just this big like mindless killing machine. And it's a really bad movie. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't seen it. I, I saw the first. Yeah. I saw the first See No Evil at the drive-in, and I thought it was terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I saw it at the th- in the movie theater, and I don't remember why I went to go see it. It may have just been one of those, I need time <laughs> to kill, So, and this is a horror movie that's out, so I'll go watch it. And I thought a lot of the kills were great, but, I mean... It's a bad horror movie, no matter what. But I mean, it, it, it was 
because they were all trapped in the house and they were all um got they were all separated for valid reasons not just we're gonna go search and see what's going on you know was one of those things that I like. I like the one scene that I always remember from. Well, there's a couple of them, but like the one kill that I always remember is they're walking down the hallway, and one of the kids turns and starts talking to the other kids and like yelling at them, and all of a sudden he gets pulled through the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> and I just always thought I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And it was just the way it was, and they're like they're like standing under the hole, like screaming up at the hole, trying to figure out like what happened. And I always thought that was kind of funny. But I enjoyed um, when you actually get into the like inner sanctum of the house with there's this one room that they go into that has like you know all the tchotchkes that are what is like his you know sanctuary whatever it is the set dressing for that room and the set design for that room was great mm. and it's like so it's like there are a little couple saving graces not the movie itself <laughs> but the art department was good wasn't it when <laughs> wwe was trying to make actual movies movies yeah, yeah wasn't it Kane is a like uh, he's a wrestler, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, WWE trying to make a. He's a big film. Ho- like. <laughs> there was. He's, a- Kane's a big horror themed wrestler. Oh okay. I don't watch. Wrestling. Like he's from hell. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he, the um, he was the antithesis to the Undertaker. And he basically made The Undertaker a good guy and because you had to have a good guy and a bad guy. And then at one point it was revealed that Kane is The Undertaker's brother. And then, oh, my God. that I watched uh, – that was back in the day when I still watched wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very dramatic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I always watched for The Undertaker. That's always what I watched for. And it was always just like, oh, what's, what's going to happen now? And then Kane showed up. And then they actually at one point um, had a character called Gangrel. <laughs> and I was like, no, because I was a LARPer, and that was from one of my vampire games. And I was like, no, you can't have that. Nerd alert. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wear my nerd badge proud, guys. Like, <laughs> So do I. Well, both those characters, too, they would drill a hole under the ring, and then either the Undertaker or the or Kane, depending on who was the bad guy, would emerge from the middle of the ring and drag a wrestler down to hell. And Undertaker would steal people's souls, and um, Kane, I don't think he ever stole souls, but he would raise his arms up and then throw them down, and then flames would shoot from the tops of the the turnbuckles. Oh, yeah. He, He was one of the ones that had some of the best special effects between the fog and the flames. And they, he had casting yeah. matches and shit. Oh, my God. He had some of the coolest stuff. Cool. He wouldn't just beat you and, and, and steal your title. He would take your soul. Yes. And I'm, I'm looking at the list of the movies that WWE made because they actually made Oculus. Oh, really? What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> And there was another movie, too. besides that one, there was another one that I remember when it popped up on the screen, I was like, what? That, there's no way that they made that movie, and I can't think of what movie it is now. But I thought it was strange when I saw it on the front of Oculus. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? They did The Marine, and I think they did a sequel to one of the war movies that wasn't very good. Hmm. Like, one of, the, one of the bad war movies, they did a sequel to it. Like, oh, oh. Beyond Enemy Lines. Uh-huh. Enemy, oh, Beyond yeah. Enemy, yep. Beyond Enemy Lines was 
behind Enemy Lines was like one of my favorite movies when I was like 18 for some reason. It was good, <laughs> but it was really Which, bad. They want to do these serious movies, but then they but they insist on not hiring actors to be in the movies. Yeah. Okay. They so it's like you can thing. you can be a global <laughs> Yeah. Um Amazing. By, by all means, be a global entertainment company, but stop insisting on hiring people who aren't actors to be in your right. movies. Did anybody see The Call with Halle Berry? No. Because yes. they did that too, but I never get to see it. I saw it forever ago. Is that Abigail Breslin in that? I think so. It's like a kidnapped girl, and she's on the phone with uh, yeah, Halle the 911 operator, operator from yeah. the trunk of a guy's car. I saw it. It was okay. They also made forgettable, I'd say, actually. They also made Jingle All the Way too. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I'm like I'm still gonna be kind of about it because um, Oculus is the one Mike Flanagan film that I don't like. So I didn't love it, but I thought it was decent, and it doesn't seem like it would be made by them. (laughs) Yeah. Because I really love Mike Flanagan. Like, Absentia is such a good movie that the movie overcomes how amateur the acting is. I thought the acting was pretty good, actually. Uh, the one sister, I thought, did a really good job. The cop is terrible. Like, distractingly terrible. For it. me, I'll... anyway. Oh. But I just, like, it was such a great, great low-budget film. And... I always call it Absentia. <laughs> I don't know which is right. <laughs> um, I have a master's in English, and it's abstention. No. <laughs> um, that's uh, I just, also I, have a degree in English, my friend. <laughs> um, okay, I'm honestly not one to talk, because the other day I found out that the actor in Leon the Professional is not, in fact, named Jean Reno. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's Jean Reno. Yep, well, that's isn't it? Also yep. not English, so I think you're okay. Jean Reno. Um, Jean Reno. But yeah, like my, French, like my Mike Flanagan did Hush and Gerald's Game and like Ouija: Origin of Evil and Haunting of Hill House. Like I, I really enjoyed everything else he's done. It's just Oculus. Yeah. I was like, I was, I was just so underwhelmed by it, and it felt so formulaic. And it didn't even scare me that much, even though it has my number one fear in it, which is having glass in my mouth. What? Yeah, Grand. and that scene where she bites into the light bulb was just oh, like I—I I literally have nightmares. What do you think I said? I thought you said. <laughs> I thought you said no, that's my dream. Um, no, grass. <laughs> no, my my nightmare is having pieces of glass in my mouth, and in the movie she bites into a light bulb, and Ugh. I was like, this should be worst case scenario for me, but I'm still really like. Eh. <laughs> See, and you know what? It's funny because I will agree with you on, um, oh my God, I can't think of her name right now because she's Amy Pond in my brain. Oh, Karen. Yeah, um, uh, Karen Hellion. Yeah. Yeah, Karen yeah, yeah. She, she's a pretty good actress, but she, again, she's not the greatest. She's pretty good. Um, I didn't, I specifically went to go see the movie because of her. And I didn't think she was the best part of the movie. I am blanking on who played the mother. Was it Katie Sackhoff? Katie Sackhoff. Thank you. Um, oh, you know why? And that's the other thing. That started my obsession with Katie Sackhoff was that movie. That and then uh, the last Riddick movie was also my other obsession when it came to her. She was friggin' amazing in Oculus as the mother. She really was. So 
it was like so you had this this dichotomy of her being you know batshit crazy literally throughout the whole movie but pulling it off and being amazing and then you had karen gillian who was just kind of there yeah you know she never got to that crazy like even when she bit into the apple and realized it was the light bulb she was just kind of like she kind of had this dumbfounded look on her face it was it was less the reaction that i would expect with that than just okay this is how it's i'm supposed to be thinking that i'm biting into something else now you know so i will definitely say it's not necessarily the best i i like the plot i like the story i think that's it's a good story i like the brother i like the father i like the mother yeah, Karen Gillian's okay. <laughs> yeah, but I think if maybe if they had a stronger, stronger actress in that part, maybe that would have made it a better movie for you. Yeah, she's no Danielle Harris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's very bland in that role. I would say, like, yeah. pretty forgettable. Like, it could be any actress, you know. Well, I have I can't, oh, a list. I was going to say, I'm just gonna, I came up with another movie. I'm just going to throw out, I'm just going to read this list, and you guys can comment on it if you like, because it's very long. So, I've got The Burning, Pieces. New oh, I hated Pieces. <laughs> New Year's Evil. Uh, <laughs> Bloody Birthday. Maniac Cop. Maniac Cop was great. Topping Mall, which isn't technically a slasher, but I had to mention it because I love it. And uh, graduation day. Hmm. You're all oh. about the uh, holiday themed horror. I love it. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love just you know silly '80s slashers that you know they after Halloween of course everybody was like oh we gotta do a bunch of holidays like mm-hmm. let's find any holiday we can and make a horror movie about it like Arbor Day. <laughs> and... That's how we get Saturday the fourteenth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and. They're all very, you know, pretty predictable, but they're kind of like comfort food for me, you know, because it's like, you don't really have to pay strong attention to it. You can kind of just put it on the background as you're like doing whatever. So I just watch those kind of movies while I'm like painting or like, you know, doing something that I don't really want to just stare at the TV. Earlier, I was going to say when somebody mentioned April Fool's Day, I'll like I will have any holiday named horror movie mm-hmm. on my back burner. Like people go, "Have you seen New Year's <laughs> Evil?" Like, nope. But uh, but I've heard of it, and it's in the back of my mind. I'm gonna watch that this year on New Year's. Is that a real movie, or it's did a real I? Movie. Yeah. I just said it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I didn't know if I was just because I because I was just thinking uh, Hall- Halloween Evil. I'll watch that too. Okay, that's, um, that's a real movie. Yeah, July Fourth. I'll watch that. There's not a pun for that one, but there is an, uh, one called Uncle I was Sam. To say that, and I've that's never a. Seen it. <laughs> oh, isn't there an it has anthology movie of just ho- holiday themed horror and like bits. Yeah, it's yep, called it's Holidays. Holidays. It's called holidays. I was like, <laughs> yeah, holidays is weird because some it of it is it's because it, like all anthology movies, they're all of different quality. But I found that the quality was so different that it made it a really uneven watching experience. Because yeah. there's one that's really good. There's two that are 
interesting if you like horror stuff and then the other ones are just terrible <laughs> like the father's day segment is honestly one of the most chilling things that i can think of and then the easter one is just fucking gross i can't even remember it because that movie was so like forgettable yeah i don't even think i finished it yeah, I uh, I recommend watching the Father's Day segment and maybe like the Easter one if you're if you're down for a laugh. Okay. Um, and I'm that's down for a laugh. that's pretty much about <laughs> it. <laughs> I feel like Mother's Day might be it one. Is. is there There's a Mother's Day horror movie? Mother's yeah. Day. One is I think a trauma movie, and it's basically this like crazy mom and her like two sons and they murder a bunch of people, and then. <laughs> <laughs> There's a newer one that's, like, just a few years old, and it's, I started watching it, and it was, like, really gritty and, like, had some, like, rapey things happening, and I didn't finish it. Hmm. I'd watch that. I'd watch Groundhog's Day if there was a horror movie called Groundhog's Day. Have you seen Day. when they recut, Day ho- we, they recut Groundhog's Day into a horror movie? <laughs> yeah. I want a Groundhog's Day horror movie, and I'm surprised that the Leprechaun franchise didn't do a um, St. Patrick's Day. Because they went to space already before they did a (laughs) holiday-themed. So do a do a St. Patrick's Day where he uh, he walks into the bar and all the people are like, "Hey, a leprechaun! All right!" And then he he rips their arms off and he rips their hands that, off. What what there am, is no St. Patrick's Day horror movie? Yeah, it's it's right there, right in front of them, yeah, and they don't do it. it. Man. Grab it. My <laughs> my favorite Saint, uh, leprechaun thing is he was in the Las Vegas one, part three. <laughs> he sees a guy. <laughs> <laughs> he sees a guy who has this really nice golden ring, and instead of just taking the ring off his hand, he rips off his entire finger. <laughs> so, like the leprechaun is—he's—he's a, he's a total asshole because he—he he does like the Wishmaster. The Wishmaster movies, I think, are—I I love the first two because the Wishmaster goes out of his way to make the wishes be extra terrible for the person who wishes for them. And so to me, I I love the first time I saw it. I just loved the fact that instead of just stealing the man's ring, he rips off his entire finger. It sounds good. <laughs> I do want a St. Patrick's Day um, Leprechaun movie. They're making a new one apparently. Really? Oh, speaking of WWE, yeah, the the Leprechaun remake was with a um a wrestler from WWE. They they didn't hire Warwick Davis back, which reminds me of when they didn't hire Robert England for the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which is just it's stupid, it's foolish, and it's leaving money on the table because I would go see a Warwick Davis Leprechaun movie. Oh, yeah, the same as I'd I'd to see it on its original theatrical run because I've never seen one in theaters. The same as Robert England. I've never seen a Robert England movie in its theatrical run in theaters, and now you bring in some new person when the old actor would have still uh, participated. Uh, I don't know too many details about the new Leprechaun movie. I know the. I, I like the original run. I thought they were great. They're fun. I don't know 
don't think I've even really seen any of them, to be honest. <laughs> the first one had Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Wasn't that an introducing Jennifer Aniston as well? It was one of her. It was her first movie. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like that uh, Texas Chainsaw movie with Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger that I they tried to yeah, bury. Oh my god. The Next yeah. Generation. It is such a bad movie, but it is so good. Should I watch that today? I love it. You watched no, it today? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, should I? Yes. Okay, I'll do it. I've made my mind up. I'm easily convinced. The, um... Uh, uh, a woman who was involved with it, I forget if she wrote it or directed it, but um, was involved with the first one. Hmm. She, I forget her role in the first one as well, but um, it's uh, there's at least a, a, someone who had a significant role in The Next Generation had a significant role in the original TCM. And... Um, I love that movie. It's it's a weird, like dirty, grimy, weird '90s horror movie, and it was definitely under the radar. I read that um, the uh, the representatives of McConaughey and Zellweger tried to stop the release of that movie because it was it was filmed right before it was filmed earlier than um, whatever both of their breakout films were. And so, of, of course, their people didn't want them to be then later represented in this, like, terrible Texas Chainsaw movie that yeah. came out. And I think that might have actually affected the release of it. It did. But it, really it ended up coming out after after they were big stars is, is when it got released. Yeah. So it was kind of one of those – it was one of those weird things where we are, they were already household names and then this super low-budget horror movie came out with them in it and everybody was kind of like – Huh? And mm. then yeah, it, yeah. It was like it was what, not good planning. <laughs> it was like what Disney did with it's like a s- the hardest deceitful above all things because it had those kids mm-hmm. from the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody in it, and they just fucking buried that movie. Like I don't think it got a North American mm. release at all. And it's I a don't great know film. What movie that is. Mm. It's um made by Asia Argento, Dario Argento's daughter. Um, gotcha. And it's based on uh, a book by J.T. Leroy, who was oh, a, okay. who was a literary awesome. hoax, um, and they made yeah. a movie about that with Tony Collette and Robin Williams called The Night Listener. Um, and I was fucking obsessed with it. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the movie's interesting because it got like a very limited DVD release in like Europe or something, but it's missing a scene. So when you watch it, you have to watch the missing scene on like YouTube. It's the weirdest thing. And um, yeah. And they really, and like Marilyn Manson's in it. And uh, it's a, it's an interesting movie. It's super disturbing because the whole book is basically like how much physical and psychological and sexual trauma can one small child handle, you know? Hmm. Ben Foster's in it because Ben Foster oh. was in, is in everything. Um, yeah, that's true. Ben Foster. I was talking to someone the other day, and we were saying that Ben Foster and Paul Dano are like two of the most underappreciated actors because they're so that. they're so good. And I just Paul feel Dano like they're is ridiculous. Yeah, I just feel like they're not given recognition. Anyway, totally off topic. <laughs> 
Yeah, I feel like we should probably wrap this episode up because it's been like an hour and a half. <laughs> All right, well, to, to wrap it up, um, I just want to throw out my last British horror comedy oh, yeah. um, suggestion, mm-hmm. which is Severance, um, which is a, f- a very weird movie that my partner showed me. Her and I watched it, oh my god, probably when it came out in 2006. And um, it's about a group of coworkers who go on like an office outing to Hungary, and they're all like, "This is really lame." And um, and then they, you know, they get stalked by a bunch of like, I don't know, ex militia guys. Um, <laughs> but it's got great British actors in it, like uh, Toby Stevens and Tim McKinnery, and uh, it's really, really funny. And it's it is, yeah. And I laughed my ass off. It's a hilarious movie, and it and it, but it also is like a fairly good, like s- slasher movie in it's terms really of really gory. Like it had some uh, stuff in it that I was like, "Holy shit! I can't believe that just happened!" You know? Oh my god, the leg in the bear trap was yeah, so awful because that scene just goes on and on and on. <laughs> I know. Ugh. Uh, Ugh. But it's a but yeah, it's, it's a funny. great movie. I I highly recommend it. I do too. And uh, it's. I've seen Severance as well, and I, I recommend it's it. A, it's written Three and directed by Christopher Smith. Smith now. Recommend Severance. <laughs> it's written and directed by Christopher Smith, who um, is uh, like fairly well known for um, doing like Creep, not Creep with um, the 2004 one, Mark Duplass. Yeah, the 2004 one and Triangle um, oh, okay. and Black Death, which I really enjoyed. Wait, was Triangle the one where they were on a boat in the? They were on a boat in the Triangle in the Bermuda Triangle, but they didn't know they were in the Bermuda Triangle. And then, like, you get to the end of it, and they were like, "Yeah, coming off." Yeah, okay. It's got yep. Melissa George. Yep. Yep. And oh, uh, good. hey, if you want a Groundhog Day themed horror movie, um, Triangle is uh, is uh, got that kind of flavor to it that. Um, happy death day type of looping so mm-hmm. it's just very saying. unsettling yeah it really is so speaking of happy death day have any of you seen the preview for the sequel no but i know i'm nope. gonna go see it i'll probably <laughs> yep, watch it i'm gonna go see it too <laughs> i don't watch trailers anymore because they keep spoiling parts of the movies for me i know like, I, I saw it. the trailer for The Girl in the Spider's Web, and I was like, oh, good, now I don't have to bother watching the movie. Thanks for that. Mm. And, like, Overlord, and, like, I don't know, I'm just, I'm tired of having the whole movie spoiled for me, so I, I don't go, I used to go out of my way and watch all the new trailers, and now I'm like, if it looks good, or if someone recommends it to me, or, you know, if Rotten Tomatoes gives it a good, <laughs> gives yeah. it a, a good mark, then I'll just go see it. Yeah, I usually just, like, check reviews every Friday, see what's come out, and be like, okay, that sounds good, I'll watch it. I never watch trailers. All right, then. Well, any last words? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, come listen to The Watch Pile. Yes, listen (laughs) to The Watch Pile. Shameless plug. That is the theme of the show. Yep. All right. I guess we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take silence. I have two. Done. Yes. Thank well, you for listening, all 25 of you. 
Two of which are my partner and my best friend. So, hi guys. Yep. I love you. <laughs> and me. <laughs> and me. So, there we go. Maybe like 15 people we don't actually know. <laughs> well, thank you guys. This was fun. I have two quick recommendations. Okay. Sure. Uh, I, I did watch The Terror. That's a Jack Nicholson movie directed by Roger Corman oh. in 1960. 1962, actually, wow. I should say. Oh, speaking of people who look older for their roles, he was 27 in that movie, but he still looks like Jack Nicholson, <laughs> even though he's only 27. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, it was it was directed by Roger Corman. I think um, what I've read is that Nicholson and then maybe one other actor involved, Boris Karloff's oh, in it. Cool. But there were like three directors, but not. Because of some like weird, someone got fired or creative differences. More like we just need to like piece this movie together. I saw it on Turner Classic Movies like 15 years ago, and uh, I just recently bought the Blu-ray of it. It's a it's a weird, fun old movie that takes place off the coat, like on a weird coast of somewhere, and then there's a big castle and there's great. The interiors are beautiful, and uh, and then I would also recommend Blood Rage, which I think is a little bit obscure. Except I think so. it was recently. Well, I do think so. And um, Joe Bob had it on his Dinners of Death on Shutter, and he said he'd never seen it, and that was where I saw it originally. And apparently, nobody I'd I'd never heard of it. Mm. Until a couple yeah, years ago, I've never heard of it. you mentioned it, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the the the, uh, the 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 effects are really cool. The music is great. Um, I I love the music in that movie, and it's really it's it's this weird movie where it's really funny, but it doesn't feel like I wouldn't call it a comedic horror movie because it doesn't feel like they're making a comedy film. They're just throwing in lines that are really funny into this, like, it's definitely low, low-ish budget, but it's not super low budget. But they're still throwing in lines where, like, someone will kill someone and then, then he'll make some, like, toss-away line. But they don't, like, focus in on it and emphasize it. Like, they're not trying to make their make their bones off of, here's this funny yeah. line. It's not like in it's, your face it almost, horror comedy. Yeah. It's not like Nightmare yeah. on the Street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, all the actors are playing it totally straight. But then there'll be these great kill kill sequences. And then, like, an actor will just make, like, a toss-away line. And, um, and also just, yeah, it opens up at a drive-in movie theater. And the, um, the, the score is really incredible. So I would, I would... Absolutely recommend that. Either, um, either in its like watch it regular or watch it with Joe Bob, and he he provides fun commentary for yeah, it. it. Yeah, it's Joe Bob. Of course, pretty, you have to watch it with him. <laughs> it was a pretty decent yeah. watch. Oh, I watched Texas Chainsaw with Joe Bob, <laughs> and um, I normally like norm like old school me. I would have been like, oh, I don't want to watch it with you know, I don't want any kind of interruptions. But now I, I'm like, oh yeah, that's fun. He's he's fun. He's in he's uh giving me some fun stuff here and but uh 
Blood Rage. He's a uh, that's a uh, it's a strange and fun movie. I'd recommend. I would recommend it as well. Well, you guys, I think we've been talking for a really long time now. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to say good night to each other and also to our listeners. Good call. Uh, thank you guys again for this. This was super fun and a great way to spend my birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Next time we will be doing Christmas horror movies. So yes. I'm fucking stoked because that's my favorite genre, except for slashers. So, <laughs> you know, I guess they're all my favorites. <laughs> Just in general, horror is a favorite. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Good night. Bye. 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 Good night.